You're listening to Biz Souls, the business podcast with an edge, hosted by me, Rona Lewis, and Jeffrey Hansler. Tune in for perspectives and discoveries about the changing world of business. It's time to connect to the heart, soul, and humor of how business gets done. Hello, people in podcast land. Welcome to Biz Souls, where... We get to the heart and soul of business and the people that make it happen, although most of the people seem to be relatives of They Rona. are. They Well, today they are. I'm um, your favorite podcast host, Rona Lewis, and this is your second one. Jeffrey Hanser. I'm the <laughs> honorable sidekick. That's right. Um, today we are diving deep into nepotism, and uh, the reason is she's A, she's uh, pretty special. She's won some uh, really great awards, and Jeffrey and I were talking about having some young entrepreneurs on being the... Um, more, I guess, age experienced people that we are. We wanted to just get an idea of what's going on in the world of entrepreneurship for people uh, under 40. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like interviewing Bill Gates before he started Microsoft. There you That's go. There you are. go. So yeah, so we intend for Sarah Lewis, our guest, to have that. Uh, Sarah is the founder and chief artist for Slate and Brush Design Studio. She specializes in crafting high-end, um, can I change that? High-quality, timeless artwork and products for all occasions and she do she does have a specialty though she's been painting ever since she can remember from at least last week some of her earliest memories are of wearing one of her dad's old dress shirts as a smock and painting for hours she then moved to creating cards for her family and always put on the back made for you by me. While her style has changed since then, the message is still there. Everything she makes is created in her little studio. We'll talk about where that is in a little while, mostly with her sweet dog right next to her. Welcome, Sarah Lewis. Hello, Sarah. I am so excited to be here and I appreciate the intro. Of course, of course. And you guys, full disclosure, notice what her last name is and what my last name is. She is my niece. And uh, I'm not just doing this just to have people that I'm related to on this. She's really special in what she does. She's won awards. You won the best of Baltimore for wedding invitations? For stationery. So 2022, yeah. a couple months ago, um, I was best of Baltimore wedding magazine. So I was featured in the magazine, a couple places for that. They photographed my stationery as well as had me listed out. And then also it hasn't been f- officially announced yet, but they let me know that Lux magazine, they're based in England, yeah. voted me at best stationery on East Coast, on the East Coast. Holy so. crap. That's fantastic. I know Lux magazine. I th- actually, exactly. I think you get Lux magazine. Y- yes, I get it every so, once in a while. Yeah, that's fa- yeah. Oh my God. Well, yeah, now I'm know. even more proud of you for goodness sake. Yeah, someone um, put my name out there. I have no idea what client of mine yeah. did, but I'm so grateful for it. And it's a huge honor. So the, that magazine's coming out in April. So they'll officially announce it then. And I'll, I'll put it on my social. Yeah. And you heard it here first. So yeah. And yes. so we're going to want to know a few things. We want to talk about what your background is overall, you know, and how you really got started in this and changing from when you were in, in the the fashion world, doing doing cloth, basically, to going to, to paper. And then maybe some tips for others who want to go into the business. So what, let's just start with your, with your background. You know, how did you know you wanted to be a, a, a creative and where to start? Yeah. So I'm very lucky that my parents are very supportive of like the arts and I grew up going to art camp and I had an in- absolutely incredible art teacher in high school, Mr. English. He, I went to a, a public school, but he really enabled everyone, no matter what your medium was to just be super creative. And most of the people in my art class actually went to art school, which I think is a pretty big, pretty big thing. So really my entire life, I knew I wanted to do something creative even though a lot of my family is like more of the math and engineering and stuff I am not I would much rather draw numbers and actually have to deal with numbers and that's so why I, she takes care she, she takes after me I'm just right. saying <laughs> yeah. 
I am, I am not that not brain, but I went to college, Philadelphia University for fashion design with a minor in French and Italian. I then interned at the company I later worked for, and I did a couple other really cool internships, lived in New York for a while I was interning at an event space and did some really awesome stuff. And then after I graduated, I traveled a little bit. And then I one of my coworkers uh, texted me asking if I wanted to come full time designing Halloween costumes and rave wear and some other crazy stuff. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I went thinking it'd be like a two month stint and it was five years later and I kind of felt like I was following that stereotypical path of life where you work really hard in school and I was in honor society and volunteered and I went to college and got a degree or got a job in my degree and I adopted the dogs and lived with a boyfriend and blah 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 and after a while I realized that story wasn't mine I was super unhappy I was 26 at the time and miserable I'm like I have to work 40 more years doing this there's no way like and even though I was being creative in my job, it wasn't kind of lit my soul on fire. And I just really, I looked forward to the weekend and you miss out on a lot of your life if you hate Monday through Friday. Yeah. So I decided to do something special for a friend for a wedding gift. I took out my old paints and worked in the, the second bedroom we had rented. And I made a painting, posted on my Insta story and my friends were like, I would buy that. I'm like, no way. So I painted something else that night, got really great re- responses. And after a couple more paintings, my friends were like, I'll pay, I'll pay you for that, whatever you want. And I was like, I should create an Instagram. So I slowly created an Instagram, did my first show, and now it's my full-time job. So I kind of was not expecting it. I quit two years ago, and I have never been happier yeah. with my work. Yeah. I'm very grateful. How did you come up with the the name Slate and Brush? So originally it was Sarah Lewis Designs, but then I wanted to be more like my goal is to hire multiple designers and I didn't want to have it just be under my name. So Mm -hmm. I wanted something that kind of encompassed multiple things. So I made a whole list of different words that I really liked. And so Slate is like one of my favorite colors. Brush, because obviously I'm a watercolor artist, but the S stands for Sarah, me, and then B is for Brian. So it's like a whole family. Aww. That's so nice. Sorry, Sarah. Say again what you said. I I cut over it. All right, fine. I wanted to incorporate my family somewhere. So that's a little little way to do it. One of the things where you, what's her name? My co-host. Rona. Rona, Rona. that's right. We've only known each other for almost three years. Yeah. One of the things we talk about and have been reading and focused on is how schools and people kill creativity. And one of uh, Rona's stories is about somebody in a writing class in college and the the instructor told them, you're a terrible story. You should never be a writer. Did you write? It was actually an, an art class. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was an art class. And, 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 and she said, well, you're not really an artist. And that just pe- people equate art with creativity. And that just ruined everything for him. So I, mean, I had a similar a similar thing happen to me where my freshman year, because we had to take drawing classes, and even though I got a really high grade on the AP art exam, I still had to take the drawing classes, which was fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that you really can't technically be wrong, I think, in art. Like, everyone has a different style. People like different things. Just because I like something doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Right. Um, Subjective. I, exactly. And my my art teacher said that I didn't do her style, and I was not good at drawing, and she gave me a C. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I just do things differently than you. I don't think there's a right or wrong thing. And I had that struggle with a bunch of my classes because I looked at things differently. And so I struggled with that because you put a lot of time and effort, and it becomes almost part of you like that 
I'm being an artist is my identity. Mm -hmm. And when someone comes at me like that, saying that they don't like it or that I'm not good at it or give me poor grades, I took it really personally. Um, I definitely learned, especially when I had a corporate job working with buyers, I learned to take the personal part out of it. Otherwise, I'd be crying every day. So I learned ways with that. But um, yeah, I definitely definitely had that problem. And after my last collection, I sewed my last stitch. I have not touched a sewing machine since because it took all the joy I had out of it because I took personal classes before I started college yeah, with a seamstress and she's incredible. And I amazing. remember, I remember because you, you made a couple of things for me. Yeah. And I, I did a, I made my homecoming dress yeah. senior year. I designed my, my prom dress and had that done as part of my internship. And I have, I've sewn a button maybe twice and I graduated in 2015 yeah. because I hated it so much because of school. So yeah. it's definitely, um, I'm grateful for my experience and the friends I made, but if I could go back, I probably would have chosen a different path. In school then, you weren't always getting great grades because of you had a distinctive style that was your own and often was counter to what they they were looking for. How did you deal with that uh, mentally and say, I'm going to continue doing what I want to do and commit to this and it doesn't matter what the grades are? Well, it's, yeah. it's, did you not get good grades or you just didn't agree with your teachers? Well, I got like a C on that project. I still got yeah. good grades overall. Okay. But yeah, that's, I was like, wait a minute, she did get good grades. I, I didn't know if it was a chronic <laughs> thing. I, I got your back. Yeah. I thought we were talking <laughs> In the modern Vincent Van Gogh, where everybody hated his stuff. And... Yeah. yeah, I mean, in the end, as long as you graduate, no one has ever asked me what grade right. I got. Nobody class. ever does. As long, as long as you graduate, I'm not going to med school. I think it's different if you're going to something like that or a yeah. PhD program, whatever. But when you're graduating from an art thing, as long as you graduate, no one's ever going to ask what you get overall. So as long as you pass, I think, and that's what I kept telling myself is yeah. this four years, um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Even though I disagree with what they said, I'm still going to graduate. I'm still going to move on. Yeah. And I think about that teacher who I had all the time, especially as I get these awards and I have clients booking me out a year and a half in a advance and so it kind of gives me a little like you know she probably has no doesn't remember me at all because that was forever ago right i still remember her. well yeah when it's when it's traumatic <laughs> you remember stuff absolutely yes so i'm i'm doing that and i'm proud of myself for yeah. for doing i know a lot of creatives have that same problem when you go to school especially if you, have a, if you have a really amazing experience in high school or other other teachers and then you come to a different environment and it's a lot to handle but i'm i'm getting grateful for the experience i had would i maybe have gone to do something differently probably but you, right. you live and learn there you go so you you basically started slate and brush during the pandemic or at the beginning of it didn't you 2018 so it was oh, like, oh well, so it so it's it's been longer than than that and it was a side hustle so i would literally work at my corporate job till like five or so go to the gym hang out with my dogs and everything and then work until 2 or 3 a.m and then start the process over on weekends i actually did my first show in uh december of that year i started in september and i only had art prints at that point so i would do the painting at home go to staples get it scanned bring it back to my job go early so i could use the big tablet to remove the background <laughs> go back to Staples to get it printed, which is like the most backwards, but if you make it work, you you figure it out on your own. So I did that for a bit, but my mom said, I, I probably need something else besides prints, especially for a holiday show. She was like, what about cards? So I bought a pack of the folded blank cards and it came in a pack of 20. My mom's like, you probably need more than 20. So I'm like, okay. And now I buy them like a thousand at a time. So I right. definitely do that. But I like having things that are different price points because a $5 card's easy to purchase versus maybe you don't have space for an art print or something like that, stickers. So I really expanded my range just to what people are asking for and what right. what 
different as well. Well, yeah, you have you have a lot of different things now, right? You have like tea towels and and mm-hmm. buttons and all kinds of stuff, magnets, right? All that. Yeah. So of- what's nice is once you do the artwork once, I scan it and I can print it on, on anything. anything. So yeah. I've, I've some things I've tried that don't work. Wrapping paper didn't do well for me, but I try to start with smaller quantities just to see and test, mm-hmm. and then I go from there. So certain staples like the cards, that's my bestseller for sure. Yeah. So I'll always have them, but I'd like to have a range of products. Yeah. Go ahead. You talked about your first show. Did you buy Studio Time? Did somebody, were you going with somebody else? Uh, how did you do your first show? So it was a like holiday market and I had just done a quick Google search in the area and it was actually at the library. So I was like easy entry. I think it was like $25, $50 to join. So I was like, well, you know, if I sell three things, it won't be that big of a deal. But then I had to go, of course, and buy all my table stuff, which cost more than the $50. But I uh, I still use it today. So obviously was worth it. But I had to buy like tablecloths and all of that. And I, I bought the big banner for my table and I was so excited. So it was just like really empowering and be able to talk to people about my art and reach people that I wouldn't find normally. And I personally love, I mean, online's great. Don't get me wrong. But the, the face-to-face is such a huge difference to oh, be able yeah. to talk to someone, get some ideas from people. Like you never know. Like some people are like, I, I need funnier or funny greeting cards for birthdays or do you have any pet loss or whatever it is I wouldn't have thought of that unless I actually speak to my customers wonder why did they buy something and also why did they not buy something how much research did you do and this is because in the old days you were going to start something you'd go to SBA or you'd find somebody that would you'd look something up on how to do things were you doing a ton of research on what you should do with your business how to protect your work were you doing any research on that or no you're focused primarily on the creative so originally it was just creative because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I didn't expect to ever take it that far. I was just trying to make a nice wedding for my friend. But then I joined, it's called the A to Z directory and it's run by two amazing artists and they actually have an entire directory of different vendors. So ones that you wouldn't normally find with just a regular Google search. And it also comes with a Facebook group that's private. So you could ask all kinds of questions and that really has changed the game with that. So you have a community to ask questions and they do live calls and they have a podcast too. So that's been amazing. And then later on, I actually hired a coach. Um, her name cat of Kitty Meow Boutique and she's like the king ever. So she's in over some stores. So I was like, I want to learn from someone who has the life that I want to eventually have. So I, I made a big commitment and I hired her. So that changed a lot too, where I was pushing off certain things. She's like, no, prioritize that or change this up. And that really changed my business for the better. How did you get into wedding things? Because you that's a, a big thing. And now you're part of the Renault, is it Renault? Renault Winery? Oh, yeah. So they um, was not expecting to get into weddings at all. My, my co-workers were actually getting married. And like, can you do wedding invitations? I'm like, yeah, like how hard can it be? Turns out it's really hard. In fact, it's a lot harder than you think. But I started with them. And normally when you're getting married, then your friends are also in similar boats. So I did their friends and it kind of expanded. And my friends, myself have like, they actually have some of my business cards and they'll give out to people all the time. So I have the most supportive nice. friends ever. Um, and they would always have me do their stuff and their friends. So it kind of grew. And now it's about 80% of my business is weddings. And so how did you get tied into the, to the winery? So social media, I actually don't pay for any ads or anything like that. Everything's been through that, which is amazing. I had done my friend's wedding. She was getting married there and I painted the venue and tagged them in it and they saw it and I followed them and and all that stuff and it kind of kept growing and now I'm their preferred vendor and most of my clients come from them, which is amazing. So I go up there. They're in New Jersey. I'm in Maryland now. So I make the trek. It's almost three hours, but I go up probably at least once a month. Mm -hmm. 
where they have different tastings or events. And I go and I'll, instead of paying for like a booth fee or anything, I'll just design stuff for them, like welcome signs and cocktail napkins, stuff like that. So it's a really good exchange where I get to meet all their clients in person and book them. And then it kind of just kind of grew like wildfire, to be honest, because if you do a really great job with one person, they tell all their friends, yeah, like all that stuff. So it really just grew pretty quickly. And now I have a virtual assistant who helps with stuff and it's really picking up. That's awesome. Now, there, there's a lot more that goes into weddings than people realize, you know, because I, I, I was looking at all the things you do on your social media and there's there's giant signs, there's little signs, there's there's things at the bar, you know, drinks and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a whole world now especially that weddings are back after COVID. It really has been huge because people want that really customized feel. I mean, yeah. due to Pinterest and Instagram, everyone wants amazing curated things. I also work with a lot of amazing wedding planners. So that's been huge for me, too, where they just send all of their clients to me. So I don't have to do any outreach. They just come right to me and set up the calls. Yeah. Um, but I do everything from dance floor wraps to seven foot tall seating charts, champagne discs. My best sellers for sure are pet portraits. So I do watercolor pet portraits. They get the original painting and then I scan it and print it on the invitations, drink signs, napkins, nice. stickers for the hotel bags, like all kinds of stuff. Uh, my uncle used to, he does pencil drawings and charcoal drawings. He'd make an original and then he'd have them printed up and then he would make 20, uh, 20 printed copies. Are you doing that as well? Where you've got one like original? Li- limited uh, yeah, edition? Yeah, limited edition. Or do you just edition? <laughs> just a bunch so of like, editions. Any editions people want to buy, that's fine with <laughs> me. <laughs> Very, very good. So let's um, let's talk about the fact that you you moved back home during the uh, pandemic and and how is that working out and uh, are you, do you plan on you know looking for a, a place of your own where you can work from and how do your parents feel about you working from from the house? Yeah, so I pretty much changed my entire life in the span of two weeks. I quit my job of five years, my relationship of four years, and I moved back home all within less than two weeks. So I don't recommend that really to anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not my favorite time ever. It was just ripping off the Band-Aid because also it was like peak COVID. So I couldn't really say goodbye to anyone. Yeah. So it was really just like in the middle of the night kind of thing. Got a finding a moving truck during COVID was abysmal. So it was a whole very intense process. Plus it was December. So it was peak Christmas card Oof. products. So it was actually kind of nice in that aspect because it forced me to unpack quickly. It made me just not think about how, because I was sad for multiple levels. I was sad about my coworkers, my friends, that life I had built for five years. And I, most people don't like change. I'm one of those people. So it was a lot of change in only a few days. That was very unexpected. I'm very grateful it happened because I'm in a much better, I'm so much happier. I didn't like the person I was becoming when you really hate your job and don't like your relationship and hate the place you're living. It really is pretty rough. So yeah. I'm very glad I did that. But I did move back, went back in my old bedroom. I had my storage unit of all my stuff. So whenever I see it, I'm like, wow, it's like my past life. <laughs> little box but um it's been a definitely an adjustment i'm grateful for my parents i call my mom my unpaid intern she is always helping me right. out my clients know her as that and i get to spend a lot of time with them which is really nice and not a lot of people get to have that and you do when... have really cool parents not that i'm prejudiced or anything but they yeah. are <laughs> I mean, yes, your so, mom and dad are awesome. Yeah. And if it was a toxic like relationship, it'd be a very different story. I would have a, another job because I can easily get a corporate design job. Sure. And just do that. But I'd rather do it the right way, set myself up for success and build it slowly. Because even though I love instantaneous things, success is usually not. And if it is, I would love to talk to that person who's an overnight success. So I'm trying to put my all the processes and everything like that and really build myself up to be the best that I can be and be really just keep taking over the wedding world. But mm. it's a, definitely an adjustment. 
especially with I'm 29, turning 30 next month, which is terrifying. But uh, it keeps I, getting I lived, better somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere it does. <laughs> but I lived I lived away for 10 years. Yeah, it's hard to come back and be like, oh, you're asking where I'm going at night. Like I never had to tell you before. Right. Like, so certain things I'm like, ah, I have a curfew know. now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, that, I didn't answer my phone. They said they're going to call the, like, the police to try to find me. I'm like, I'm totally fine. I didn't hear it at the bar. So you're good. Uh, so, like, it's funny now, but uh, at the time I was like, this is not, not okay. But I'm uh, I'm hoping to move out to Baltimore next year and get a, a place of my own. Oh, good. Excellent. Do you think this is one of those, I think it's a dumb interview question that they ask because it's all speculative. Do you think you're representative of your generation. gender generation? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people that I know are now either becoming influencers or having a part-time job. I mean, my friend this morning just texted me saying she started something on the side. So most of my friends have side hustles. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't want to be a full-time thing which is totally fine too but i think i a lot of people i know are doing very similar things where you don't stay at a job for 40 years like mm -hmm. our parents and i think life is too short to be miserable yeah. like that mm -hmm. like why why do you have to just because it's work why do you have to hate it so most of my friends especially during covid they quit their jobs they went to something that's fully remote or more hybrid and they are so much happier and it's like why did we why do we have to do what our parents did when they're clearly not happy yeah and i, I think every generation learns from the generation generation before. And you're actually really lucky that your parents were so and, and are so supportive of you. I mean, I, I remember my my mom was always, yeah, you need to you need to go to college and have a job. And as a backup, in case your husband can't fully take care of, you know, but it, it was it was all about getting married, having babies, all that. And then when I became an entrepreneur, I mean, you remember Nana, I mean, my she was always, what do you do? And how are you making money? And she she just didn't get it yeah. and uh yeah well. my my father I, when i started speaking and training my father's like when are you gonna get a real job yeah that was it when are you gonna get a real job that's that's exactly yeah. what it is okay yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very supportive. It is funny to hear them if they're on the phones with their friends trying to explain what I do because my mom's like, yeah, she's a calligrapher. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't do that. <laughs> very supportive. Even though they don't fully get the job title correctly. That's totally fine. Yeah. But I actually had like the, the light bulb moment for me was during COVID. I couldn't go home, obviously. But my dad, when he was going to Long Island to visit Nana, would came, came back and would stop at our house because it was kind of a halfway point so he could use the bathroom, have mm -hmm. dinner, whatever. Yeah. So it was like the first time I saw him all year. And he came for dinner and uh, it was with my ex at the time we were at the house we were renting and my dad and I were just going back and forth the entire time about like yeah your boss sucks my boss does this and yeah. like my coworker does that like going back and forth and I thought nothing of it it was just a regular night and after he left my ex looked at me he's like that was actually really sad I was like what do you mean he's like you guys were just complaining the whole time and that's you just consumed by it. And it literally like that was the light bulb where I'm like, I will not turn into that. Yeah. yeah and again, I was 26, 27. There's mm -hmm. no way that eats away at you. And like my dad has a long commute, which is terrible. And I would rather fail, which I'm not going to, but I'd rather no, yeah, fail trying yeah. to do live right. the rest of my life and be 80 years old and be like, wow, I lived a life that wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. So that's really was my light bulb where I'm like, I'd rather try. And again, there's design jobs where I can get in a week. Like yeah. it's not a big for me. So I'd rather do this, be my best self and try, try really hard and make some amazing connections and see where it takes me. Because I, I used to live by that plan where everything was mapped out and I did everything I was supposed to, but I 
still wasn't happy. And my happiness, I think, is worth, and for everyone, is mm -hmm. worth way more than a really actually terrible paycheck that I was getting at my design yeah. job. It was yeah. like I got paid a lot where it was worth it. So I... Working on your own, are you making more than you were at the design job? Numbers overall, way more. Profit-wise, no. Like I'm on track next year to be a six, this year to be a six-figure business. Is that six-figure profit in my pocket? No. Yeah. So I'm working on this year and I have, my first thing I did was hire an accountant and... A virtual assistant, that one. Well, also that, but um, someone who does all my books. So that way everything is like done properly. Mm -hmm. So I have a whole accounting team that, that takes care of everything. So they're able to see my profit and loss and my per month, what I spend on how each thing. So it really breaks it down. So I'm able to see where I can cut back right. on certain things and grow other ones. So that's been really helpful, especially after, after COVID. All the prices of everything have really kind of skyrocketed. The cost of paper, shipping, everything's gone up. So I've had to readjust what I charge and how I ship different things. So I've made those those little changes and those little tweaks make a big difference. So even if it's 50 cents per order, when we do a lot of orders, it really adds up. So I've been making those smart, smart adjustments and that way I can do that. But weddings have really been huge for me because I can charge way more. Right. So that's like having both sides of the business where certain months like December, not that busy for weddings because people have the holidays, but that's huge for my cards and other products. Products. Right. So where certain months are slower in products, it's faster in, in weddings. Yeah. And you were saying that your the, the business itself is in the six figures and you just have a little bit more expense now. Right? Yeah. I mean, my programs, I have like all kinds of stuff where it's $500 a month for this every month and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, I've got to figure out the best way to bring down those expenses. But weddings have really been huge for me because I can charge like just to just to work with me, my design fee is $12.50. That's not including any paper or anything. Right. Right. just to work with me. Right. So and, and it's funny because when I first started, it was like $50. So right. I definitely increased <laughs> um, where I started and it'll continue to rise up. So most of my clients will spend between three to $4,000 with me per wedding. Nice. Have nice. you ever had a client from hell, so to speak? I've been very lucky because I had such terrible buyers to work with. Um, so in comparison in my corporate job to this, I have most of the times they're just very like nitpicky. So if it's really bad where they go back and forth, I'll actually do a Zoom call with them and share my screen so that way they can see me work just to get it done. Um, I normally don't like to do that as much, but sometimes there's so much time with the back and forth. I, it's not worth it. So I'll just I'll hop on a quick Zoom call. That, yeah. That's nope. a great yeah. fit. That's yeah. a great fit. And my last no, question, ahead, ahead, and I'll let Rona do it. Yeah. Did you pick up a lot of information working at your corporate job? I know it wasn't you weren't the happiest. Did that? that experience really contribute to your success now? Oh yeah, I sat next to the graphic design team. The guys on the team are truly the most talented human beings I've ever seen. Like they taught me so much. So I would always ask to be seated next to them because I could ask them a million questions. Like in college, we had one class the entire four years, one semester for Photoshop and Illustrator combined. Really? That's that is nothing. Nothing. I don't know what it is like that now because obviously everything is way more digital in the mm -hmm. 10 years or whatever since I was there, but one class. So I came into my corporate job and I'm like, everything's digital. I have no, I have these giant tablets I'm drawing on. I had no idea. So Dave and the team, like Dave, one, so talented, but very patient as well. So I would try to figure it out on my own. And if not, I'd be like, hey, how do you do this? So I pretty much got a graphic design degree for free by working yeah. with them. So that's been huge. And the friends I've made are, are yeah. invaluable, but definitely having them because a lot of my friends will ask me in the stationary world, like, how do you do this in Illustrator? I'm like, oh, it's this super easy. Yeah. 
So I, can, and I tell my clients too, I'm like, I can Photoshop your wedding photos. So I've, I've edited out someone didn't like her double chin and 75 photos. She no longer has a double chin. So I can, <laughs> I can awesome. photo. So let's, so let's flip that on the other side of the business, all the, all the little businessy things. Did you, are, are you learning by, by doing and, and asking people who have been in business and who are entrepreneurs? Yeah. The coaching has really helped. Um, I did a, it was like six months with Kat mm-hmm. and that was a small group. So it was a mastermind as well as having oh. individuals individualized help, which I like because I like learning in a group as well as having the personalized questions. Um, I also have been doing different conferences and that should help. So I did Alt Summit last year. Kat actually runs a product-based business conference as well. So I went to uh, Scottsdale last year and this year it's going to be in Nashville. So I've been trying to learn from other people. Mm -hmm. I also joined what's called Brand Builders to really help figure out my branding and everything like that and learn from all different kinds of different businesses across the US and world. So I think investing in coaching is super important because it saves so much time. Like I could figure out a lot of stuff on my own, but to Google and to make those mistakes financially and time wise, I mean, time is money. So if I can save eight months of going back and forth, I'm going to hundred percent do that with a couple of weeks of coaching. That is, that is a silky segue to the rest of our, of our uh, uh, section, just to any other tips and suggestions for, for people who any entrepreneur or anyone who's in the, in the, in a creative business who wants to be an entrepreneur. It's important in the beginning, especially just to say yes to things. Even if you're like, like, for example, I was super against doing pet portraits. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to do it. So I would just do like the silhouette and like blue watercolor, super basic. And after like the eighth person asking, I'm like, you know what? I'm finally just going to try it. And now I sell, I mean, I sold one yesterday. So like most of my clients have them. So I think it's important to realize if you're saying no, because you're nervous, you're not going to be great at it. Just don't post it or just don't sell it afterwards. You can refund them. It's going to, it's okay if you, try things and don't work. If it's, you're really against it because for moral reasons or anything like that, that's different. But if you're scared to take a chance, I am someone who will try whatever and like it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. But I think being willing to try new things has really changed my business because if I said I never did a wedding invite, I can figure it out. I can Google it. I can make mistakes. And if you're not making a mistake, you're not trying. That's right. Something and you're not growing. Awesome. About. So yeah. I think, and also connections, having, meeting new people. I know it's then easy to stay behind your computer screen and your phone. But those connections I've made have gotten me $20,000 more than that in business because they refer me and referrals are everything because you you trust your friends and your family's opinions versus just a quick Google search. Right. If you ask like, hey, Rona, who does your your hair? I love your hair. And you'll be like, oh my God, this person's amazing. Highly recommend. I'm going to book them right away. I won't, mm-hmm. I won't question it. So that's been huge for my business is I treat my customers the way I want to be treated and I go above and beyond. I'll do the extra little things and packages and everything's wrapped perfectly. And people really appreciate that. So going above and beyond, not because I have to, because I want to make a really good experience for them has paved the way and made it so much better for me. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's, it, it looks so much more high end. You have little, little ribbons and the little envelopes and notes and things like that are just done just so, so that it, it really looks high end and uh, professional. So and, well done. And things you do for the work ethic. Uh, do you have a schedule for the day? How do you treat yourself as your own employee and business owner? How do you force yourself, you know, because there are days you're like, ah, I don't want to work today. Yeah, the first few weeks were tough. I am definitely, uh, I was so used to a schedule. I mean, my whole life I've had a schedule where I knew Monday through Friday. It's a little tougher for me. I'm, I've gotten to a better routine where now I, I start my day with a workout, which has been really helpful. So that way I get all that done. I package my orders. I do things that I don't want to do first. So that way it's so easy to push it off until the next day. If I just get it done first in the day, then the hard stuff's done. Um, some days I don't get as much done. So I'll save like those little 
non-creative tasks like taxes or stuff that has to get done, but I don't need to be creative. So I'll kind of wait until the days I don't feel like doing anything for those little tasks. And other times I get three days worth of work done in one day. So you never know. The raging ADHD definitely dictates (laughs) things. That's a a family thing, I think. (laughs) Oh, pretty cat. (laughs) So... But I also like to work outside. So now that's getting nicer out, I'll be able to crank stuff out. Also working at a coffee shop is huge for me. I get way more work done. I'll spend four hours there and I'll get a couple of days worth of work done because I'm focused. I'm sitting there. That's been helpful for me too. So I try to do like every week or every two weeks, go to a coffee shop. Nice. That's Excellent. kind of, yeah, that's a cool energy going to a coffee shop and working. I've done that. You got people around yeah. you. You've got, so you got energy going. Yeah. I see yeah. someone is... Is your dad behind you? Yep, he managed to... There he is. This, uh, Ladies and gentlemen in podcast land, let me introduce you to my big brother, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi. Hi. Hello, Mark. (laughs) Server podcast. I'm so excited. So, yes, don't... don't This is our first? This is fantastic. Yeah, this is... um, I don't know if... Did you guys know that that we are in the top 25% of all shared business podcasts in the entire world? Just saying. And uh, Mark works for a hospital. Maybe we'll interview him one day in the future. Maybe not. Anyway. (laughs) So, no, no, no. Mark's here. Mark, what do you like about uh, what Sarah's doing and what's contributed to her success? My success? No, her success. success. Her success. This is about her. And what do you like? (laughs) Not just as a father. What do you like that you see that she's doing from a business standpoint? From a business standpoint, I think she's incredibly inventive and keeps coming up with new new products. I think that if any business that you have like this, if you just put out the same cards year after year and the same stuff, it gets tired and people move on. Whereas if you keep coming back with new products, new ideas, new, it's almost a, well, the wedding part is a whole new enterprise that she didn't start with. So by just building on on the base, she's become more and more successful. Did you talk about your award? Yeah. Oh, that was like first I mean, thing. That's... Trust me. I got that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. In there. yeah so if you're in a business in, in order, so you, so you don't become stale and you want repeat customers, but repeat customers are not going to buy the same thing over and over again. Um, and to come up with with new product, not only new cards, but she comes up every time I turn around. There's another new product. She started out with cards and and prints, and now she's doing stickers and, and a whole bunch of other things. So being inventive and and constantly reinventing yourself, I think, is a key to success. Absolutely, for any small business. Yeah. So if she, so is it going to be a happy day when she gets her own office, or uh, you get uh, your basement back, or is it going to be a dream come true? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think about it. It's it's hard to say. Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. That it means that she's really stepping up and gone to the next level. No, because now that she's been around for a little while, I'm kind of like liking it. Yeah. What a good dad. Well, it's a good way to go through life. And you're and we're, you know, on the air. So it's a good thing. I'm I'm kidding. I know you guys. I mean, you guys are are such a close family and I always love coming down there. Sarah, any final comments or uh, tips you want to share as we bring it to a close? Yeah, I think that you should just not be afraid to take a chance and a leap of faith. I think I would do things a little bit differently if it was to be more calculated if I had to pay for rent. So I'm, again, very privileged in that aspect. But I think it's important to take those little leaps of faith and trust yourself. And if it doesn't work, then it's not meant to be. But maybe you'll find something else along the way. And just to not be afraid to take a creative path in life. Because I think we're so think that the best way to do is be an engineer or a doctor or something like that the world needs artists and designers even if it's not as glamorous working late at night designing stuff but the world does need those people to really embrace what they're good at and whether whatever that is that you what you're good at i think you should
to really try to make that as part of your everyday life. Excellent. Well, that was incredibly enlightening. And I personally am incredibly proud of you and can't wait to see what else you come up with in the coming years. And next time I come to visit, I'll, I'm sure I will leave with some more things that you have because I always I, do. Well, I, I see part of your artwork when she wears that shirt that you oh, made for. Yes, and that, that everyone, is, is of me. Yes. Everyone comments on it. So whatever it is, Sarah, you have definitely got something that pops for people. When they see it, they're attracted to it, which is what art is about. Right. You need to take the picture of me and start putting it on cards because everyone comment, comments on it. Yeah, that's right. Put you on a wedding card for somebody else. Yeah, there else we go. Wedding. That, yeah, just at the, at the wedding. Bride. You're not a fashion card. I say, one thing I did for it to say is uh, my cards are now online at Bed Bath & Beyond, Kroger, Walmart, and a couple other stores nice. too. So you could be in Walmart. Excellent. There you go. Who doesn't like that? Anyway, this has been off. And Sarah, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and, and playing with us today. And thank you, Dad. I guess that's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. it. All right. This has been Biz Souls. I'm Rona Lewis. I'm Jeffrey Hansler. We'll see you next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Biz Souls podcast with your hosts, Rona Lewis and Jeffrey Hansler. Did you have fun? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Talk to you next week.